Welcome to Vertical Playpen, the podcast all about adventure and experiential education. I'm your host, Phil, and in this episode, I was really lucky to be able to interview Brett Johnson, who is the brand new owner of Ipswich Town Football Club. Now, this is special to me, partly because I was born and raised in Ipswich, but also because Ipswich Town Football Club is the team that I support. Shout out to all of my Ipswich friends and family who may be listening to this podcast for the very first time. Thank you for being here. And I hope everyone finds value in this conversation between myself and Brett. That is a sweet shirt. Yeah, I thought I would dress for the occasion, right? Like that seems appropriate. I'm jealous. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really jealous. Before we get started on some of the questions I sent you, I'm going to do something called mystery questions. It's not a mystery to me. I have the questions in front of me. It's a mystery to you. Um, right. So how this is going to play out is I just want you to give me a number one to four. And the reason we're doing this is connection for us, for me as an experiential educator, this is what I do when I do team and leadership development. Connection is so important. You're able to empathize with people better, the more connected you are. It just helps things team-wise, flow-wise. So what I'm going to do is ask you to pick a number, one to four, and whatever number you pick, I've got laid out questions here, will be the question I'm going to ask you. So one to four, Brett. Three. What is something that you have always wanted to learn? Spanish. Absolutely. I am exactly the same. What's your rationale? Why, why, why Spanish? I mean, for so many reasons. I, mean, I live in California and I feel like I'm one of the few people in this state that truly doesn't, doesn't have Spanish kind of in, in their list of skills. So I, I kind of lament it every day and, and I, I steal away and try to find like 10 minutes to do some app, which I realize at this rate, it's probably going to take me a hundred years till I'm I think the yeah. motivation is, is, is tough. I'm the same. I worked in New York City for a long time and Spanish is heavily spoken there also. And I just, I never got around to a lack of motivation or whatever excuse or what I'm making that moment. Well, I appreciate it. Love that we're both connected in that regard. So the first question I sent you was about this idea of connection. In Experience Red, we have this phrase called connection before content. From your perspective as a leader of an organization and also owners of, of sports teams, what does connection, when I say that, what does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole concept of it, I think, resonates with me for a lot of reasons, but you know, not the least of which is everything that I'm blessed to be involved with, um, and now including and especially with Ipswich, it all comes down to the connection that supporters feel to the club. And, you know, when you've got a club with the history, it's just staggering as I, as I think about that. And so the connection that so many individuals have with it and on a global basis, I mean, as I've always kind of described Ipswich, it kind of punches, it punches really well above its current weight class, certainly sitting in league one and, and on a global basis. And one of many reasons why I'm so proud of it, but I'm fortunate to be involved with several startups, if you will, in the soccer landscape, you know, the Phoenix franchise. We've got an incredible amount of connections that we've built up. We've got 10,000 kids that are now part of our youth programs in that state. And then I'm working hard with an incredible team to bring a professional soccer franchise to Rhode Island. And so really looking to build connections between that state and, you know, something bespoke, you know, starting from scratch. And so if, if I don't figure out how to build connection, then I'll, I like to put things in the positive as I, as I build connection between these different markets and these assets, 
both in a new sense or even in, a, in an older sense. I mean, what I've been very encouraged by is how many people have reached out that have been longtime fans, supporters, um, connected to Ipswich and feeling a new sense of uh, a new dawn and that are excited to kind of re-engage with the club literally and figuratively to, because they're they're encouraged by where they believe it's going to go and for someone who feels very pleased and honored to be involved with a lot of great projects you know the the added motivation that it provides is inspiring in England the community and the connection to the community in when it comes to football teams soccer teams is is so strong there's a lot of pressure to try to get that stuff right trying to make sure that you're connected what what are some of the plans from your perspective as an owner for you trying to connect with the fan base back in Ipswich? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of, one of the things I've tried to be certainly more involved or vocal on a couple of channels than normal, you know, Twitter being one, LinkedIn, you know, genuinely developing relationships with the supporters of the club and, you know, because I do care about them and I do think it's important. And I think I have in, in the most positive sense, I think my partners and I have a responsibility to be, somewhat public. And you know, I think we are living on in a honeymoon period here. As I say, you know, the rubber is going to hit the road um, in August when we start to play. And, and it, you know, everyone gave us a pass, rightly so, for sort of the tail end of the season. But, you know, now we'll start to be judged, you know, August 7th. Is that the opening home opener? August 7th, um, you know, from that moment on. And that's where it starts to get real. And, but I, I'm such an optimist at heart and, you know, been very, very fortunate. I don't take anything lightly relative to the challenge at hand, um, especially in league one, especially in England. But I, I'm cautiously optimistic that given the moves that we've made, bringing Mark Ashton in, I think having Paul Cook and his, his experience, I, I think those two are starting to make a very, very good team with each other. And then it gets me excited. I also think in a short period of time, Ipswich is now kind of back on a lot of people's radar screen players are starting to kind of think like, you know, this is a club that's on a move. I think other clubs are starting to look at it and say, you know, that's probably a club where they're probably more interested now in terms of looking at maybe doing uh, loans to us, et cetera. So, and then, uh, you know, Ed Sheeran's given an incredible boost you know, over the last couple of months wrote his involvement. I, I was too busy to watch the England-Germany game, which I regret. I was actually traveling. But I understand in America, they were talking about it on the broadcast, which, you know, it's the kind of stuff like that where it's just, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. He was in the stadium and they, he, he got a shout out on ESPN. So, and so did Ipswich. Was that just position of luck, the connection there, or was there intention around trying to bring Ed Sheeran in? It was absolute luck, though, <laughs> as we initiated the process to try to acquire the club we were well aware of his loyalty support connection to it and so we knew that if we were so fortunate to be able to finish the transaction to buy the club um, he was on our short list to reach out to but along the way he actually i don't know i i saw him being interviewed i think on bbc one and he tells an incredible story that I just couldn't believe where, I mean, it was almost as if he had picked up the phone and kind of called the front front office and said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Ed Sheeran. And can I, can I sponsor, sponsor the shirt? I mean, I just love that story. I'm glad someone answered the phone that day. Yeah. I, I know uh, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting her yet, but I think her name's Patty and she, I, she deserves a lot of credit because she got that deal done and we were thrilled, thrilled with it. And I look forward to and hope to meet him soon for a lot of reasons, but lo love his connection and loyalty to the club and, 
increasingly I found myself now subscribing to Spotify and, and really educating myself on the depth and breadth of his catalog. And my kids are all into it. And, and, you know, the, the, the extended Johnson family, everyone's getting very excited about the fact that somehow we've got this connection to Ed Sheeran. Your popularity in the household has just skyrocketed. Not only a my, team my, of us. My, my, my 13-year-old niece, when she heard, she was literally like going crazy. And she was like, <laughs> I just saw him on TikTok and he did something at Portman Road. And, you he know. did. I think it's just, a, there's a lot of excitement and I love that I'm hearing from you that community and connection is like really high up on that list. And I think that that's something that, unfortunately, across the board, sometimes we don't get from the owners of a sports team. They're signing the checks, but we don't see the person. So... I, I can say from my perspective, the fact that you even responded to my message on LinkedIn means a lot and is a, is a really positive sign on your intention. No, I appreciate it. Again, I, I don't, I'm not trying to pay lip service to it. Um, I genuinely feel that what I'll describe is we have in the most positive sense, we have a responsibility to be as public, as supportive, as positive, as engaged as we can. But again, you know, some someone like you that reaches out that has an unbelievable platform and is interested in if I can add value to your platform and if there's something that by extension is of interest to what you're doing, um, I welcome it. And, I, and I'm honored. I'm honored to do it. So thank you. I, I, I am a little bit baffled. And again, I'll just speak for myself. I'm amazed with individuals who buy these assets and don't kind of recognize that responsibility, you know, and, or abdicate, you know, what I'll call is the day-to-day engagement with it. I'm not quite sure. I mean, maybe, maybe I look for, I, I don't know, even, no matter what, even if I was the wealthiest guy in the world, I just, why would you ever do that? Why would you have, why would you own an asset like this? That's truly at the end of the day, a public asset, it's a community asset and not do everything possible to make sure that whatever your day-to-day positive role was, was, to, to help facilitate that connection. But uh, again, I, I'm not trying to pass judgment. I'm just trying to say, I, for me, it's, it's natural because that's, I think, the way it le- legitimately should be. I work with a lot of leaders and we do a lot of leadership development and we talk about these ideas of from a leader perspective, you need to be connected and understand all of your employees and have conversation and that be a part of your day-to-day job, but not be the thing you do other than. It's like you make time in your day to connect with the people that you work with and learn about them and be involved in their lives in some way. It sounds like you, you really have those leadership qualities at the height of the height of your mind. Where did you get that from? What, where's your inspiration from your perspective as a leader? You say this stuff is obvious. It, it's not. For, I know that because I work with a lot of leaders. So what, what, where's your inspiration come from? Uh, it's a great question. I, you know, I think in the arc of my career, there were times, especially when I was a lot younger, where you're working in a large organization and you know, don't feel necessarily valued or connected to you know, the broader culture of that organization. And I think as I kind of started to march up, if you will, the ladder professionally, um, and in particular, when I ran, I ran a global computer accessory company. Five years, I was based in London, and then five years, uh, I ran the whole company out of Southern California. But I genuinely wanted everyone who I had the pleasure of working with. I, I would never say that they worked for me. It, we worked with each other. 
Um, and, and candidly, everyone from, you know, the very important individuals in the warehouse that are making sure that the product's getting shipped out on time and correct, you know, all the way up to, you know, country managers, you know, all over the globe. Like I, I always felt that I want, at the end of the day, no one gets paid enough. None of this is on a, the scheme of things important enough relative to, you know, what it means to be a human and to be respected and to feel like you're benefiting from being in that organization. And by extension, your family is as well. And if you're not, I always felt indebted to helping them go find out what they should be doing. You know, so I've had a, I've had an interesting kind of pivot, if you will. I used to, you know, kind of run larger companies or be kind of on that corporate track. But for the last sort of seven, eight years, I've really focused on being more of an entrepreneur. And so I have to try to get talent that wants to come and work with me and wants to be associated with me. I have to raise capital from individuals that have to respect and trust that I'm going to be good stewards of that capital. Um, I guess so now I, I really feel I'm competing with so many other people relative to where they could put their capital. I'm competing with a lot of people for talent. And so, you know, by and large, I'm hoping that those that consider coming and joining me, it's because they like and respect how I treat them. It's the kind of organization that they want to be a part of. And by and large, I want to find as brilliant people as possible and give them as much latitude to succeed at the end of the day, because they're better than I am. And, they, you know, if, if they're that good, they don't need, they're not going to need a lot of time and attention from me. I mean, again, and that's the blessing of where I am today, because I really am with Ipswich and Rhode Island and Tucson and Phoenix. I have a, I have a fairly nice breadth and of, portfolio and I've really got an incredible amount of talent that's now part of it. And if I, if I wasn't bringing in that kind of talent and empowering them to do what they're able to do, no, you just couldn't manage it. It'd, it'd be impossible. You mentioned the word steward in there. And I think the idea of steward leadership, you are serving them as much as they're working with you. So I like, I like your terminology around the working with rather than working for. You, you've brought in Mark Ashton, who has already had incredible impact, it seems, with the number of sign-ins that we've made. What about him? What qualities have you seen there that you think, this is someone I trust? Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Mark a couple of years ago when we first met at a USL board meeting. Uh, he, he flew in and presented to the executive committee, which was a small group of owners in, in the USL. And what I would describe is Mark's commercial sense. And then obviously his football passion experience, both as a player and now as someone, you know, more on sort of what I call the technical side. It's not easy to find someone who has all that, the complete package, if you will. And, and I remember thinking to myself, if I ever do anything in England, I'd like a guy like Mark to be a part of it because, you know, I've also been very clear that whatever success I've been fortunate to be involved with in this sport, I don't think that means anything relative to how I could succeed in, in England or said differently. I, I think I, I would get chewed up and spit out of England very quickly if I thought, if I mistake my success and actually thought it was due to me, especially in a market like England. So it's a long way of saying someone like Mark, who literally speaks the language of English football, understands how to navigate it and understands how to get players to play for him. And by extension, you know, the clubs that he's been associated with it. And then also is going to figure out the right ways to, to improve things commercially, you know, ticket sales, merchandising, sponsorship, you know, just all, all of those critical factors as well. Mark, Mark's a good example of someone who I also am confident. I just know is just going to get on with it. I look forward to, and I'm always available anytime anyone like someone like Mark would need or want a sounding board or help or something like that. But he's the kind of executive that you just know 
It's like he's just getting on with it day in and day out. You don't have to lose sleep over whether or not he's working hard or is starting to make a difference. You just, by faith, you just know that's the kind of guy that does it. And that's the people I would love to kind of surround myself with. I, you know, let, let me know how things are going. Drop me a note every once in a while. Tell me if you want to check in regularly. We'll figure out how to put it on the calendar. But otherwise, you know, we just all got to keep putting our right foot after our left foot and kind of hopefully make good things happen. What you do in doing that is you demonstrate to them you trust them and so that allows them to maybe take risks if i put it that way or like steps that they wouldn't fit like because they know that because you trust them if there's a mistake made it's not going to come negatively on them and i think that that's something we see a lot in leadership is that if the leader doesn't isn't demonstrating that trust to the people they work with they're unlikely to then make that step which is actually going to take us in the positive direction but has the chance for negative well, I, you know, I'm smiling because I, I remember early on in my career, this was when I was at Targus, that computer accessory company. And, and that, very early on, I was managing a fairly sizable territory and I was actually meeting with a customer. And I remember being very frustrated because I wasn't empowered to make decisions in that meeting. And it was one of many things that motivated me to try to get over to the opportunity in England to take on that responsibility because I recognized if I could get that opportunity, I could start to make those decisions. I could start to empower people to make those decisions. And so, again, early in my career, I kind of recognized how demotivating it is to not be empowered in a position to really make decisions. And, um, and so that, that kind of started to mold me, if you will, as a manager because at the end of the day, how can an organization grow if you've got talent and you're holding them back from making decisions? And you know, you've got to have the liberty to make some mistakes. But in an ideal world, you you don't make those mistakes, you know, more than once. You know, if you make a mistake, you learn from it and you recognize that that was part of the learning process and you grow from there. You know, kind of goes back again to what I'll describe as a little bit of my managerial style. But, you know, again, it's predicated on also making sure you're surrounding yourself with talent where someone has what I call that, you know, that emotional intelligence and gravitas, you know, professionally to kind of sit there and try to figure out how to structure something that's a win-win for the organization that they represent and for the other side. Paul Cook and Mark Ashton, I'm very pleased with the players that they're signing and, you know, I have full faith in them and, you know, look forward to, and I can't wait as, as what I call one of the biggest fans of the club right now, can't wait to see what we put on, on the field very soon and ideally watching some great games out of Portman Road. I never put into your mouth the word empower. And I love that you said it though, because High Five's organizational motto is connect, empower, lead. And I think that what you stated is 100% accurate. Those who are not empowered aren't going to really step up to that position of leadership because of that gap. And that gap is often trust. So perfectly put. Last question before we, we sign off. Is there something maybe that you'd like the fans of Ipswich to know about you that maybe even, even hasn't come up? It's good. I mean, I've, I've done what I've said. I'm worried I'm getting overexposed, if you will, because, you know. And <laughs> You've said I, everything. I, 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 well, well yeah. you're getting a tattoo, and I've known that because I, I've seen it everywhere. I, so, I can't wait. I can't wait. As I said, that'll be – that's uh, – There's, there's no be, way you're getting away with it. If we get promoted to the Premier League at any point, no, that's coming at you. So, uh, like, like I said, I, that, that will be a beautiful day. By the way, I, I suspect a lot of other people will be joining me that day. I think, yeah. you know – you know, I'm not going to put any pressure on anyone, but, but I did, I actually did, since I made that public admission, you know, 
I have now told my wife about it. So she's now Okay, aware. she's on board. She's on board. She's on board. But I mean, I, I love dialogues like this because look, from my perspective, I, I genuinely feel blessed. There's no better way to describe it. I feel blessed to be able to do what I get to do. And I feel that it is starting to make a difference. I feel that to the credit of all the long-suffering Ipswich supporters, they now do genuinely have hope again for a club that means so much. And I'm thrilled to have this club mean so much to me and by extension, my family. And so we're, we all have this symbiotic relationship to start to see the club do better. But it's not just about wins and losses. It's just, you know, again, I, I want to be involved with cultures that promote positivity and optimism. And, you know, people feel like they're better as a result of their association with it. And, you know, it's certainly, again, from my perspective, life's too short. And you got to try to figure out how to get meaning out of all this stuff. Because otherwise, like I said, it's, then why get involved with it? Why do it? So not answering your question by any means, but like I said, I, I look at some of the projects like Rhode Island, which increasingly I'm rolling up my sleeves on and getting very excited in terms of the pra- traction I'm making. And I look about where Phoenix is now, but I, I also recognize as well. I mean, I, when I first started out in this endeavor, I had a third division soccer team playing in a baseball stadium that Frank Yollop was coaching. And that, you know, as I describe it, that's, that what, that's not what dreams are made of. And that's not... Mm-hmm. There were some very, very dark days associated with it. And it was kind of touch and go whether or not candidly we could really, I could really trade through it and kind of, and so that's where I don't take one day that I'm able to play this role with the beautiful game. I don't take one minute of it for granted. And, and, but at the end of the day, my legacy is I want it to really mean something at the end of the day to really kind of lift these communities up. And that's the kind of stuff that I work towards every single day. As you're going to be made aware, and you're probably already made aware, football in England is a religion, and yes. and Portman yeah. Road is our church. That kind of passion that has a lot of it's the Spider-Man thing: with great power comes great responsibility. There's a lot of responsibility there, but I can say from my perspective as a fan, this is the closest I've ever come to meeting an owner or having a conversation with an owner. It's not happened before. I think that already the steps you've been taken have been positive. And once again, I super appreciate you taking any time to be able to talk to the fans and talk to people like myself about the club that means so much to us because it doesn't happen often. And I think that this is a very awesome thing that you're doing. And so I appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate it as well. And before we sign off, I mean, again, um, you call it a religion. So living in London for five years in my late 20s, and then traveling all over the world, I saw the religion firsthand. As, I, as I've said, I started to recognize when I would be at a business meeting somewhere in the world and we'd have five, six, seven different nationalities. I found a very effective tool for breaking the ice was I'd bring up football. And, and as I joked about, I, I would say things like, God, aren't you guys excited next year, the World Cup, when the U.S. is going to win it? And, you know, and a, a quasi fight would break out because, you know, the Brazilian would go crazy and the German would sit there, you know, and tell me why, you know, they were going to win it again, et cetera. But it was the ultimate icebreaker. And again, my thesis was over time, the U.S. would kind of catch up with that religion or, or get religion, if you will, to football. And I, and I think you're seeing the television Right now in the States, what's going on with this Europe, European championship, every bar and restaurant restaurant is showing those games. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you know, three years ago, you wouldn't see that on the television. No. Now you're seeing it. And so, and when 26, when the World Cup comes back to the U.S., 
man, it's going to take it all to another level. So anyway, with, with that, I, I'll, I'll thank you and, and tell you what a pleasure and how impressed I am by you and what you're doing with your organization. And, and given if you, if you are just up the road in Vermont, you've got some tickets to our home opener in Rhode Island. Just yeah. let me know. I look forward to it. But, we, but I hope we meet in, in person at Portman Road um, well before then and or anytime you want to come to Phoenix and join me for a game there or, you know, let's meet up face to face when the world's properly spinning back on its axis. Thank you so much, Brett. Take, Take care, care, my friend. All yeah. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. There you have it. Great interview. Great conversation with Brett Johnson there. Absolute pleasure to be able to talk to him. It means a lot to me and uh, it means a lot to me if you listen to this and stuck around all the way through even if the the content didn't mean as much to you and to all my fellow Ipswich supporters who listen to this and anyone at home who hears this all of my fingers and toes are crossed for the season to start and I'm excited for all what we do moving forward and also I get it I don't sound like I'm from Ipswich anymore the accent has changed since I've been in the States too long thanks everyone bye Thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs>